Are you ready to experience something extraordinary? Cultural gems in Croatia, ancient temples in Asia, art in Italy. We'll take care of everything. Flights, accommodation, excursions, local guides and all that planning. Travel department, let's see more. She gets hungry for dinner at eight. A dothia and never comes late. She'd never bother with anybody she'd hate. Well, that's why the lady is a tramp. She'll have no dice games with barons or earls. Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, reproduced by the definitive Rat Pack, who will be bringing their highly successful show to Dublin's National Concert Hall on May the 6th. I'm Conor O'Hagan, and my guest today is Stephen Triffitt, who plays Old Blue Eyes in the show. Welcome, Stephen, to the podcast, and tell me, what can people expect to see when they come to the uh, National Concert Hall? It's basically a recreation of the Rat Pack, only brought up to modern times. Frank, Dean and Sammy, um, we have, I believe it's going to be a nine-piece band, might be 12, not totally sure, because the the band is all uh, provided by our good friend Eugene McCarthy, who who we use every time we're over in uh, in Ireland. And uh, we have three girls as well. And one of them will also be playing Nancy Sinatra. So we have a bit of a Nancy medley uh, going on too. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the hijinks and uh, the recreation, pretty much of what they used to, the kind of thing they used to do in the Sans Hotel Casino in Las Vegas. Only we're, we're all a little bit older than that now. So it's kind of like that only when they were older. So this is something rather more, rather more immersive than uh, your average tribute act, uh, Stephen. Clearly, uh, how did how did it start? How did how did you get into all this? It's going to become more than that. Yes, exactly. Um, it is our lives these days. Um, well, I, I first started as a result of being on a TV show um, called Stars in Their Eyes, and. Um, I got all the way through to the final and then lost to Freddie Mercury. I was the runner-up. But as a result of being on that show, a friend of mine asked me to attend a show that he was putting on um, and sing a little bit at the beginning of it. And Bob Geldof's other half, Jean Marine, was in it. So Bob was there. I had my photograph taken with Bob, which got into um, OK magazine, which goes over to America. There was a chap over there who was looking for a Frank Sinatra. His wife saw my photograph with Bob, showed it to his to her husband. He flew over to the UK, gave me the role straight away. And then two weeks later on, I was in the Sands Hotel Casino in Atlantic City playing Frank Sinatra for the Americans. That then moved over to Las Vegas and uh, ran for three and a half months. In the final week, I got a text message 
from a company asking me if I was interested in playing the part of Frank Sinatra in the UK for a tour of the Rat Pack. And the timing was perfect. So I came back to the UK and started in that show, which then went into the West End. But it was as a result of being in that show that I met Mark Adams, the Dean Martin character, and George Daniel Long, the Sammy Davis character. And this was in 2003. We have been doing it together ever since. It's interesting to hear you say that it all began in uh, Las Vegas, because Las Vegas, I guess, if anywhere, is the spiritual home of the Rat Pack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, Frank did, uh, in his later years, was was on his own, didn't really interact with the other guys, I mean, apart from the fact that they all died before him. But, um, yeah, I mean, for, for the Rat Pack um, itself, I mean, they did kind of come back together again very briefly for uh, the ultimate event. Dean, Dean Martin dipped out of that because it sort of coincided with the fact that, you know, his son had died and he really wasn't interested in, in performing anymore. He just wanted to play golf. I would say that everybody, when you say the Rat Pack, thinks of the Sands Hotel Casino in Las Vegas, yeah. when which, of course, was whilst they were filming the, um, um, the original Ocean's Eleven. And there were, of course, five of them, not just the three. It was, it was actually Lauren Bacall. Who gave the name to the guys? Uh, she's, you know, she came home. Um, the husband, God, you know his name. I've forgotten his name. Humphrey Bogart. That's right. Everybody used to sort of meet round at his house to play cards and, and chat and, and all that kind of stuff in the den. And Lauren Bacall came back uh, uh, one night and she just basically said, "Look at you, you pack of rats." And that's where it all came from. <laughs> Although Frank Sinatra hated the name the Rat Pack, he preferred to call it the Summit. Also, of course, he and Lauren Bacall fell out quite um, uh, quite badly. Um, and uh, I, I think anything that might have been associated with her was something that he'd rather forget. The Rat Pack was a fairly fluid grouping, wasn't it, Stephen? I mean, there, there were various fallings out at various times. There were. I mean, uh, Sammy Davis was ostracised for a little while for being a little bit too public in the newspapers. They, they were falling out over the, the whole Kennedy thing. Um, Frank... It was not overly forgiving, let's put it that way. Um, if you, uh, you know, if he liked you, he was incredibly generous. But then yeah. if if you, if if you, I don't know, messed him about in any way whatsoever, he that was pretty much it as far as he was concerned. You know, you lost his trust. He didn't really want anything to do with you anymore. I mean, a lot of this is, is to do with his inherent character. I mean, he was, he was a bit of a depressive in an actual fact. And he liked to surround himself with colourful things and colourful people. He, he stayed away from anything that, upset him or tried to stay away from anything that upset him um that, that would put him in the wrong mood uh, and that kind of thing you know i mean if only for his own health reasons and frank sinatra wasn't i think a man for gray areas was he i think you know if you were out you were out he, he just wouldn't talk to you that was it and and any favors that that you expected him to do would suddenly disappear he would he would just literally have absolutely nothing to do with you anymore as a devotee, a professional devotee of a very well-known and revered figure, how deeply immersed in the character of Frank Sinatra do you become? Uh, well, on stage, um, I, I think there has to be a little bit. If you're going to do what we do, um, and, and audiences perceive us to, you know, as, as doing it as well as we do, um, then that, that, I think there has to be a bit of yourself in that person because if you're on stage and you're trying to be that particular person then the audience is very very quickly pick up on it so you have to to an extent become that person or at least have similarities to that person anyway um which which means that it's all you know more natural 
And I mean, funnily enough, we three have fallen out over the years. Um, but you know, after after a period of time of working together, it it kind of becomes like family. So, and and let's face it, families fall in and out all the time. So you you find a way of of uh, making up or at least dealing with the issues that you have and moving on. It's like a marriage, you know, you either make the effort or you don't. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Are you interested in trying a new smartphone but still a little unsure? Do you want a phone that offers larger icons with louder sound and an interface that has technology designed for seniors? Well, why not choose from the Doro range by simply visiting doro.ie? Doro, make friends with innovation. Now, in terms of the narrative played out on stage in the show, do you confine yourselves to a, a particular time in the career of the Rat Pack, or do you encapsulate the whole Rat Pack era? It's it's very difficult to confine yourself to an era when uh, they did record so many hits, and, and what was around uh, when they were doing um, the Rat Pack shows in the Sands. Yes, everybody loved those songs, but there are some hits that people expect to hear that were released long after that. Uh, my way, for instance. I mean, I, I I can't do a show without actually singing my way because people just expect to hear it. New York, New York. Um, these are two songs for a start that were never actually performed during the Rat Pack era, um, and there are others as well. You know, Dean songs and and uh, and Sammy songs that just weren't there, just weren't around, but have become hits in their own right, and so people expect to hear them. So we've had to adjust the show and bring it sort of more up to date um, for. Uh, so that people get the fullest enjoyment out of it. We do change the set list occasionally from time to time simply because um, we would go insane otherwise. I mean, we've sung their songs more often than they did over the years. So, I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that I've sung my way more than Frank ever did. The show is, is as I say, it's been slightly modernised. There are things that, that we've had to take out. Even even though none of the guys were racist in any way whatsoever, what they were doing when they were putting in those non-PC jokes was actually taking the mickey out of the audience because it was the audience and the way things were at that particular time in history that was wrong, and these three guys knew it was wrong, and the audience, in some cases, didn't even know they were having the mickey taken out of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Frank, born in, born in Hoboken, you know, into an Italian society uh, in Hoboken, uh, which is still very Italian these days. And, um, you know, the Italians really weren't treated very well at all in those days. You know, they're, they're basically allowed to come over, but then look after yourselves and, and that's it. We don't want anything more to do with you. So uh, that was the kind of society that, that he grew up in. I mean, they were called all sorts of names. Yeah, you know, they, they, they were put in amongst you know the the Jews and the blacks and you know, and everything else. If you weren't white as white, then you were obviously one of the others. It's as simple as that. And as huge as they were, um, both individually and together as the Rat Pack, their influence went far beyond their performance, didn't it? Yeah, well, obviously in Frank Sinatra's case, you know, he was uh, um, uh, because he he became really quite political just just as a result of, of becoming friends with Kennedys. Um, and uh, I mean Peter Lawford, you know, being married to a Kennedy, uh, which kind of gave gave him the entrance into <laughs> into being uh, a, a an honorary member of the Rat Pack. Um, that guy, you know, I mean, they, they their their reach was far and wide. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, Frank eventually sort of being part owner of um, the Sands Hotel Casino, or at least the showroom part of it. 
um, you know, made that he could meant that he could make certain changes to the, the policies and the way that they worked. And in other words, you know, any black artists didn't have to come in through the back entrance anymore. They could go in through the front one and, and, and you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, it was only in later years, I think, where Frank just went, you know what, I'm just going to sing. <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier. <laughs> in the sense that you're almost a custodian of what is a very treasured legacy, is it sometimes hard to meet expectations? I mean, I, I, I went into this not really knowing the extent to which uh, Sinatra fans were going to sort of pick up on every single tiny little thing. Bearing in mind that I first sang in a karaoke and everybody went, you sound a bit like Frank. You know, it, it started from there. And it was only when I got over to America um, and I got the role as Frank Sinatra in this show. You know, I was the only English guy um in the entire cast everyone else was of course american and they mm. were all a bit aghast at the fact that there's this english guy coming over who's going to be playing frank sinatra can't we get one of our own and uh, you know even when we were doing rehearsals i really wasn't sort of in it um until the director one day shouted at me and said tomorrow you come in in your tuxedo and you will do this properly and remind me as to why that i hired you which i did um thankfully you know <laughs> made him happy made the band happy because they all stood up and applauded me the only reason that I do what I do now is is because um, audiences say the nice things that they do. Um, the moment that audiences sort of start turning around and going, mm, yeah, not sure, is the, is the moment that I just stop. And I, I've said this for years, ever since I started, I've, I've said that I, I don't think personally that I sound anything like Frank Sinatra. People always kind of go, what? But I think that's that's actually been a benefit to me because what it means is is that i have never stopped listening and never stopped striving to be the best that i possibly can because you know there's there's been no complacency there's there's no uh i've, I've not thought well you know i've got there now i'm just like him kind of thing um I've, I've, i'm still striving to be the best that i can for the audiences that want to come along and see this guy um, be Frank Sinatra to the best of his ability and walk away thinking, you know, I know he wasn't Frank, but it was like quite possibly watching Frank. It's the same with all three of us, really. Uh, um, all, all three of us are constantly striving to be the best that we can. Um, and we're, we're constantly striving to deliver the best show that we can, which is why, you know, the show has changed so much over the years um, in, in, in sometimes just really, really subtle ways. And not just to keep our own sanity, to uh, but but also you know we're totally aware of the fact that audiences keep coming back to watch the show, and it's it's nice sometimes to surprise them with a song that wasn't in it last time, um, and all of that kind of thing. But but you know, we are always striving to to be the best that we can. None of us are, are just sitting there on our laurels, going, yeah, you know, we're all right. Yeah. So, given that, uh, does the does the show vary much from one performance to another? Each audience gets a slightly different show, depending upon how they are going to react with us. I mean, we'll get some audiences that sit there very politely, very quietly, and applaud very politely at the end of every song, um, who will laugh quietly at the jokes and then save the, all of their energy for the end. So you have no idea how really how you're doing until the very end when everybody stands up and goes yes. Or you get other audiences that are just into it from the moment that you walk on and they go, we love you, Frank, and all of this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, so, yeah, each audience gets a gets a different um, a different performance, a different show. But it is most definitely a show. It's, it's not just, you know, three guys on stage taking it in turns to sing a song. It's there's, there's an awful lot more to it than that. 
Now, clearly, uh, there's still a huge appetite for and interest in what you're doing uh, and for the music that you're celebrating. Um, do you expect that to go on? People will, I think, always be listening to to the songs, the music. Um, I think apart from anything else, it's 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 the combination of the, the big band um, or the full orchestra and, you know, the singers on the stage. Um, if you just had the singers to backing tracks, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't have this anywhere near the same effect. And I think, you know, audiences, if they're going to, to be listening to this kind of music, they want a big show. And, and in regards of putting on big shows, I mean, you have, I suppose these days, you've got, you know, you uh, two Coldplay, Lady Gaga, all of that kind of stuff. Certainly, you, you two, Bono, uh, has performed the songs. It was even on the duets with Frank Sinatra. It was, of course. And yeah. Lady, Lady Gaga, as we know, you know, with Tony Bennett and, and so on. So uh, she's dipped into this kind of music as well. Rod Stewart has and so on. So all of these big names that we think of these days, these uh, the legends of, of today, if you like, um, have all done the American songbook. <laughs> because even they recognize that you know this stuff is is special it's different it's not pop it's you know it's it's in its own class um not just because it can be called swing or big band or anything like that it's it's the they just don't write anything like it anymore which makes it special um and which is is you know why audiences go along and see it to, to see the big spectacle the big bands you know and and and, yeah. and listen to all of that all of those instruments playing all at the one time and you know even even as a singer in front of all of that it still gives me chills um and you know so if i'm getting that and i hear it all the time you know i can only imagine what an audience feels like and and you know even the younger people because people assume that it's all the sort of over 50s and 60s that are coming along to see our shows and it's not it really isn't not anymore. And something else which I think uh, sometimes gets overlooked, it's not just the songs, it's not just the performances, it's more than that, it's the arrangements. Nelson Riddle, Neil Hefty, Billy May, all of those, uh, you know, uh, it's just, they're not around anymore because uh, people, modern arrangers try their best, I think um or or basically they take the old arrangements and put their own little stamp on it which yeah. then still doesn't really quite work it's not quite the same um and I, I think some of it is is because the 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 standard of musician i'm not saying that musicians these days aren't anywhere near as good as they used to be but i i think everything has been sort of simplified a little bit it's been generalized so that anybody can play this whereas in the day you know, you had to be of a particular level and skill to be able to actually play this kind of music, especially some of Frank Sinatra's arrangements. They were particularly difficult. Um, and so it, it's uh, it's kind of been a little bit simplified, I think, these days. Um, whereas in the old days, the arrangers, they were pushing the, pushing the musicians to their absolute limit. Stephen, it's been great talking to you, and I, for one, am hugely looking forward to experiencing the definitive Rat Pack. A reminder, that's at the NCH on Saturday, May the 6th. Tickets are available at uh, nch.ie. Stephen, thanks again. Absolutely, yes, I'll see you there. You never can win. Use your mentality. Wake up to reality. But each time that I do, just the thought of you makes 
please stop before I begin Cause I've got you under my skin And will phone poke a new and will knappy no foom nis orjoet Nis eskalehusaj, faker na phone in takata gwin on show, egg daro, and von klishte is dani, gidi gohan la hai glina, agus taskina, ta rod egen gogachtina, ta nismo olis egg daro dot com.